1: 35 years later, Bias's legacy is still making an impact. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, this is What If, the Lynn Bias story. I'm Jordan Ritter-Kahn.
0: It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved quick bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
1: Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon and joining me as he does every Wednesday during these playoffs so far is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Conflict, a.k.a. Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Killian, Kevin O'Blazerian, Kevin O'Kindness, Kevin O'Verno! What's up? How you doing? We do want to remind everybody, especially because it has been... commonplace the last couple of weeks that we have changed up the schedule so we are recording on Tuesday nights. so hopefully this will be there for you on Wednesday mornings uh it will be that way this week it'll be that way next week and throughout the playoffs and tonight we are recording after we just got done watching pretty great night of basketball um oh yeah let's really we'll nice. start with the one that just ended which was the Utah Jazz defeating the L.A. Clippers in game one. Uh, It looked like this was a good Clipper night. You know, especially it was a good first half for sure uh, for the Clippers. They hadn't gotten a ton out of Kawhi Leonard. They hadn't gotten a ton out of Paul George. And yet, there they were with 60 points and a good lead going into the second half. And then the second half was all about this Donovan Mitchell just epic second-half performance. The guy was an absolute bucket the whole second half, and a team that is without one of its best players, a player that was outstanding in their first-round series, and Mike Conley was unable to go tonight, and even without him, they're able to get this win in game one against the Clippers. Um, we've learned our lesson on writing The Clippers off. Um, That being said, you know, this was, they've got some figuring out to do because I thought the Jazz, and I obviously just got done covering a series involving them, I thought they played really poorly in that first half and not liked themselves. And then there was the inevitable sharing of the ball, scoring tsunami that took place in the second half.
0: And that's when the Clippers had to come up With answers, and they just didn't. For sure. I mean, in that second half, as you mentioned, Mitchell was just extraordinary. The deep threes, getting to the basket. It's kind of funny. Last week, the story was Ty Lu should play Terrence Mann and, and Luke Kennard more. In this game, as Mitchell's just roasting Kennard possession after possession, it's like maybe play Kennard a little bit less <laughs> down yeah. the stretch of the fourth quarter, but still should have played Terrence Mann more or even Batum. Um, I'm sure that's an adjustment they'll make over the course of the series. By this Jazz team, the first half was weird. It was a weird half. I thought they got a number of good quality open shots that just didn't fall. And even in the entire scope of the game, 17 of 50 from three, 34%. It wasn't a great shooting night for them by any means. Even though the second half they started hitting shots. But watching that second half, the way in which Mitchell got going, attacking mismatches, all year long, like the way the Jazz plays a lot of high pick and roll Mm -hmm. to get going. And rather than attacking mismatches, And I thought the way they adapted mid-game was smart, and it led to a lot more open shot opportunities. And the good thing about that is, for Utah, when you're scoring and you're getting buckets and they have to take the ball out from underneath the hoop, you're getting into your half-court defense, which is number one in the NBA. They allowed .99 points per chance in the half-court this season, according to Second Spectrum. They were the only team under one point per chance in the half-court this year. They're a dominant half-court team on defense, so when you're scoring – and you're able to get into your number one defense, it's really hard for the other team to get going, especially when guys like Paul George are underwhelming and other guys weren't having big, hot shooting nights like Kawhi didn't tonight.
1: Well, Kev, it's not just, and it's not even just scoring. It's them getting to the line. And he he just flat fouled out Reggie Jackson out Mm -hmm. of the game completely, who Reggie Jackson had been, you know, it would have been mega useful down the stretch when you needed to come back in that game. This guy, after game two of their last series against Dallas, he was averaging 18 points a game and shooting over 40% from three those last five games of the season. Now you come into game one, Reggie Jackson's unavailable completely down the stretch, and, you know, they got Rondo in there. Rondo's not a three-point threat, and then – I'll be damned. I mean, obviously, the game. I thought it was poetic that the game ended on a Morris three that gets blocked in the corner by Gobert
0: because. That was, that was a great defensive player. Well, how, how much
1: Morris wow. twin are we going to get in the fourth quarter? Like, <laughs> I'm like, do you guys know Kawhi Leonard's on your team? They ran that stat that Kawhi Leonard did not miss a shot. Oh, in
0: fourth uh, quarters. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, okay, look.
0: This isn't rocket
1: this ain't rocket science here. If I got a guy that shoots 100%, maybe I'll give it to him some. But it was so <laughs> much Paul George and Marcus Morris, Morris from the corner yeah. because they're trying to, you know, get Gobert away from the goal. Um, and it's like he can't make them pay. You know, uh, when is Morris going to make one of these? Like if that's the idea here. I I I it was they gotta figure out what they're gonna do with the big guy stuff in this too. Because he ran Zubats out there a long time hey, cousins in the first
0: and half. And I <laughs>
1: know the Zubats numbers were you know, he had better numbers than he's had recently, but you know what I was monitoring, Kev, from our buddies at Stat Muse, I mm. mentioned this last week. They
0: have a good stat were, from this tonight?
1: They no, remember last week on the uh, on the Dallas series, they had that stat that said The Clippers are 0-3 when uh, Zubac plays 18 or more minutes. That's right. And so I'm sitting there looking, and I keep refreshing. I'm like, when's he getting to 18? And I was like, because they lose. (laughs) Just to see if it was hold up. But look, that's obviously a goofy stat. That being said, I did think that while, again, his individual numbers are good, he had some flashes, that was also the span where they – The Jazz really got their mojo going. They did. And so they've got to figure out what they want to do here. Do they want to try to stretch this thing out and play, you know, and try to get Gobert away from the basket, try to get favors away from the basket? Or are they going to try to match up big for big? Or are they kind of, you know, because the combo thing doesn't work. Like, just decide how you want to play. Just decide how you want to play, right? Which are we going to do here? Um... Because I did not think that, you know, these teams, when it gets to just planning against each other, they know what they want to attack. Right. And inevitably, the Clippers are going to have to figure that out um, after this game. But I mean, it's a three point game. This honestly could have gone either way. And Mitchell was Mitchell was the best player on the court. He was. For sure he was best player on the court by a wide margin.
0: Tonight. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, this series, I mean, we'll see how it develops uh, over the next week plus or so. Um, it opened up with Ma- Mavericks Clippers about, well, maybe have Kawhi defend Luka more. And then as the series developed, it quickly became apparent th- who wins the games is who- which of the two stars is better. If Kawhi yeah. had the better game, <laughs> the Clippers would typically win. If Luka had the better game, the Mavericks would win. Maybe this series takes on that same type of vibe. Maybe not. I mean, we'll see. Because, well, as I mentioned earlier, though, Chris, Utah could have shot the three way better. They could have shot it way better. 17 of 50. Aside from Mitchell, they were 11 of 39. The team, uh, 11 of 35. The team could have shot the ball better. So, for Utah, there's more upside to what they can do i thought in the first half they missed some chances and they kind of flubbed around when the clippers were switching that high pick and roll with gobert because he instead of rolling down the lane not having somebody with him he had a guy attached to him on those switches i think there's ways to exploit that more with conley once he mm. comes back if he comes back that they weren't able to in game one so there's a lot of upside here for this jazz team um and i think there is for the clippers too and that's why i think this is going to be a deep exciting Series with a lot of strategic changes
1: throughout i agree with you and what you were saying regarding mitchell and you know there's going to be nights where maybe we could sit back and we could say all right who which star had the best game who imposed their will on this game there's a couple of things um number one mitchell needs to get certain uh, we need to start talking about donovan mitchell in a different class i agree you know what I'm saying? I He's agree. not run of the mill all-star player. That's superstar stuff he was doing tonight. Like since, it just since is. Since the bubble,
0: since yes. the bubble, all season this year that's and since put, the bubble.
1: That's put a team on his back. I am clearly the best player on the team that had the best record. And now I just watched it in the first round against the Grizzlies. You saw it in game one. You saw it last year in the bubble. They sure as hell didn't lose to Denver because of him, Mm -hmm. you know, and the performances that he was putting up over and over again. He was freaky great. And you remember, you know, it was two years ago that, He had so much pressure on him as kind of being the guy. This is the year before they got Conley. And, you know, he went down in flames in the playoffs. And I remember us having the conversation like, yo, man, you got to take your playoffs scars. And one of the things that we got to remember is take a step back here. Guys in their second and third years in the NBA aren't supposed to be the man. Like we're getting too spoiled Because of what Trey's doing, because of what Luke is doing, because of what Donovan's doing, it usually takes a long time before you're the guy, you're the best player or the leading scorer on a team that is expected to win playoff games.
0: Rewind even a year before that, replacing Gordon Hayward yeah. left for Boston. you know The face of the franchise, leaving suddenly, and then Mitchell gets drafted into that situation and is asked to be the guy. He's thrown into the fire. He's inefficient. He's working yep. through it. And all those trials and tribulations, those losses and those hits he's taken, have all allowed him to gain experience. And reps and and big games against tough defenses, game planning for him, and it led him to become the player we saw in the bubble. Yep. The player we saw this entire season. And we're about to see what he can become in this postseason. Cause this Clippers team, at some point, you gotta think they're gonna stick Kawhi on him. Right? Well at they some, tried, at some point they some did point.
1: they did in the fourth, and he had a couple of moves where he got there and then they just switched too easy. You know Cooper's, they did that yeah, last they year. They did that last year with the, you know, the huge Luka shot. You remember when we talked about that a lot? It's like, why are you just letting this happen? Yeah. And they just let the switch happen. And that's how he ends up with Kennard. Because they actually did have Kawhi on him at the top. And then they ran some screen. And he just passes them off to Kennard. And it's like, meat to the Lions. And other thing about why we got to start talking about him differently is. You know putting the team on his back the same way, and that you can see the intangible. You know, we always talk about the things that don't show up in a box score. This guy, when they had him miked up tonight, that was a moment. and they may never have him miked up again, and they may never be allowed to run. but for all that we complain about how we never really glean anything, you know, it's a huddle and it's Nate McMillan saying, we've got to defend. You know, and it's like, okay, great, that was cool. But like <laughs> yeah, that they, was they
0: always have the worst coach clips. Like yeah, it's never anything insightful. It's never. like, run, play yes. hard, guys. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get good shots. <laughs> That's all thanks. they ever show. Yeah, they thanks, show the, guys. the the one clip of a coach yes. saying the most basic possible thing. Right. Whereas <laughs> tonight
1: we get that clip of Mitchell where he's on the mic and he's talking to those guys, and you could see he's all fired up and he's like, Look, it's a fourth quarter. They just played a game seven two days ago. If we can make them quit here, they're going to just get ready for game two. And yeah. I was like, damn! I loved it. <laughs> all loved the it. smoke. Well, and he knows he's mic'd up. He knows he's mic'd up, yeah. you know, when he's saying that. And, but you all, but you I, also
0: don't think they're going to show. You
1: know. Maybe not.
0: That was probably borderline. I'm glad they showed it. I think TNT no, should show great. more stuff like that. And I think, yes. I'll also say this, I think teams and players should also be okay with showing some more yes. stuff like that. What's wrong with a little bit of trash talk? It's Absolutely. great. It makes it more exciting for people watching. That's, if it's more exciting for people watching, it means more people are going to start wanting to watch games live. That's that. what,
1: I mean, look, especially in the day and age of reality TV, which isn't oh, even yeah. real, people eat up fake reality TV. That was as real as... As it gets, you're really getting to hear what a star player is saying to his teammates at a timeout when he's trying to get them amped up to go out there for the fourth quarter. And I'll be damned. He came out of that locker room in the second half and immediately had like 10 or 11 points. And then he did it again in the fourth quarter. Like, yo, just get on my back. And he had the ball every possession. Meanwhile, I'm watching the Clippers. I'm like, why the hell is Paul George got the ball every time? And then, you know, uh, Morris in the corner. Like, this is what are we doing here? Like,
0: what is happening? Uh, I I would have loved to see a clip from the Clippers bench because, you know, Chris, it's that it's that raw emotion. That's why I love the NBA playoffs on The Bachelor so much.
1: Yeah. 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 Very similar. The only one. Look, if there's a mic'd up. I want to hear Morris. That's who I want to oh, hear, yeah, Mike up Yeah. Cause he's I mean, he was like trying to roughhouse everybody at the beginning of that game. He got the tech. He's like yelling at Bogdanovich. I'm like, what has Bogdanovich ever done to anybody? <laughs> like, what are you yelling at him for? I can understand. Ingles gets under people's skin. Gobert gets under people's skin. Maybe even Mitchell could get under your skin. But like Bogdanovich is like the easiest, you know, he, he's never doing anything to irritate anybody, it doesn't seem. And yet he's up there in his face yelling at him. And Bogdanovich—I don't even think Bogdanovich knew what was going on. It's like, why is this guy mad at me? (laughs) (laughs) He's just mad all the time. Uh, But yeah, it was—it was highly entertaining game. It was. I think this—I think this—this is two very well matched teams that bring different things to the table. And you know, there'll be a chess match that goes on throughout the series. What's your prediction for the series? I do think that if they can get Conley— I think it's going to be very hard if they don't get Conley back. Mm. I do. Because, you know, you are inevitably going to come up with some answers for what you want to do with the Mitchell situation, right? Um, and I just think that in the absence of Conley— I do think there was a Game 7 two days ago. You've got all the emotion. You're home. It's Game 1. And they didn't play well in the first half. They played great. In the second half of that game. Got the Clippers in foul trouble. Clippers really didn't have, you know, got got Reggie Jackson to foul out. The rotation was kind of weird, uh, that Tylo put together. And so I think they need Conley to beat the Clippers. I do. Interesting. And so it's a it's a it's a hamstring though. It's a hamstring. Always so, hard
0: with those. You never know.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, you're not feeling great about the prospects of a guy that's got a, a muscle problem and uh, well, so i feel I you there i mean
0: it would sure as hell would make it easier to have mike conley i'd pick jazz in six yeah um i mean we'll see if conley comes back i, I think if you're utah you still have enough even mm-hmm. without conley uh I, joe ingles can have better games one of eight from three tonight he's a much better iso scorer than he showed in this game Mitchell, I mean, like I know he just scored 45 points, but it was on 30 shots. He can even have better games. He can and he has. Yeah. Like, there's still an even higher ceiling for him. Bogdanovich can have bigger games for that matter as well. And as, but this as we, was a nothing Kawhi night, Kev. It, it was. I mean, Kawhi can have better nights. I think a lot I of mean, guys on the court tonight can have bigger and better games and will throughout, but I don't think it's just the Clippers side. Like the Utah entire team can shoot better from three. Uh, there's a higher ceiling for their best guys, and then there's the factor of Conley returning, and now it also adds, too, I think Gobert can also have better games as well on the offensive end of the floor. I think there's more ways to exploit, as I said earlier, the switching defense with Gobert on the roll there. They're, they they kind of got flubbed up in that first half. I'd like to see how they adjust in game two. This is going to be a really competitive series. Like, I say Jazz and six. I think like almost all competitive games – this is going to be a fun, yeah. fun series.
1: I think they need Conley. And I also think, I mean, that's a three-point win with Paul George being bad and Kawhi not doing much. And that's what this comes down to. Do your stars deliver? And the Jazz star delivered, man. He delivered he in he spades. He did. You know, he was outstanding tonight. And not only did why not do that much he didn't even get the ball that much yeah. it's just strange it was very strange odd. the mm-hmm. way that played out in the fourth quarter it's like is this how you're really gonna go down
0: it is, this uh, is... very much unlike the game earlier in the night with the Sixers and Hawks with the just getting touch after touch after touch after touch <laughs>
1: Well, I, as you know, on my local show, I have Tony Allen on every week, and I talked to Tony today about the meniscus thing because I want to correct something that I talked about. Obviously, it's going to bother him. It's going to be sore, whatever. But I talked to Tony because I remember he had one, and I said, did you play a whole year, or how long did you play on it? He said, it was almost the whole year, and I was first-team all-defense. You could play on it. And that's, again, he's not seven-foot 280 pounds but just the idea of you can play on it right like it's gonna bother you some there's gonna be some days that are worse than others but he he played he played through that um and a lot of guys do and so while it sounds so daunting at the beginning and it can be very daunting especially for young players i mean it's not Embiid's probably had a lot worse and i gotta tell you Let's just say that story never came out, Kev. We'd have
0: no idea. None. (laughs) We'd have no clue. No clue. If it was like the LeBron hand injury in the finals where we did, it would never really came out. There was only the little rumblings about it, and that's it. If it were like that, we'd have no idea. We'd think the story was false, that he's totally healthy.
1: (laughs) I didn't know until LeBron showed up in a cast after he lost. (laughs) That's what I found out. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe MB can have a full leg cast if they lose, but no, I mean, come on. He had 40 points, which is a career playoff high. He had 13 rebounds and was by far the best player on the court that night. And they came up with a lot more answers for Trey young in game two, after they let Danny green. Uh, get char marks on his back i got uh, some stats half. about this chris <laughs> yeah uh, all I, right
0: I mean, danny green avoided that in game two so <laughs> uh in game one danny green defended trey young on 49 plays Thibel did for 14 plays ben simmons did for only eight plays and mm. game two here's how that changed danny green defended him for only two plays mm. compared to 49 in game one <laughs> 49 to two Ben Simmons up to 31 plays in game two. Thibel up to 29 plays in game two. So, Trey Young, the assignment has turned from Danny Green to Mm. Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel, which makes a heck of a lot of sense because Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel Mm. are your two best defensive players. And it worked a whole lot better making life harder on Trey in that game two than it did in game one.
1: Kevin, you're not lying. And one of the major things was when I saw those – I'm not going to make a lot of. I I don't think the referees decided that game either way. So let me just go ahead and say that off the bat. Um, it was a 16 point victory for the Sixers, and and they got zero out of their bench in the first half of that game. You know, which was a two point game, and they ran off on it. But the big thing to me was in that game. You not only did you not see Trey Young having the kind of success that he had in Game One, you also didn't see the Sixers in foul trouble, you didn't see Trey Young going to the free-throw line mm. in immense amount, right? Which is when – and so when I said I wanted to bring up the refs, it was Scott Foster is the crew chief with Tony Brothers and Ken Maurer. Now, these are, are vets. the three longest-tenured, probably, mm. or close to longest-tenured. <laughs> and the other thing is Foster is well-known as – you play like just play, you know, uh, because, and that's why Harden hates him. That's why Chris Paul hates him. Right. Cause like he'll let it, he'll let you bump. He'll let you be physical. He's, he's not going to be quick whistled on stuff. And he's, he, he wants to let these things play out. And that can really, really irritate players. And especially those that have the mode of operation of playing to get calls. That's, They end and because not only does he not call it, and then sometimes you're the boy that cried wolf and you really do get mauled and he still doesn't call it, and then you bitch at him and he doesn't want to hear you talk. And so then you get really frustrated. And that's why there's been big problems. Chris Paul still hates him. He brought it up last week or whatever about his record. You know, I don't think, I think he's like 0 9 or something in Scott Foster playoff. I mean, something crazy. Like, and this is like the players association leader and he's like basically calling (laughs) the one of the longest tenured refs a criminal Harden hates his guts and I'm sure Trey Young feels (laughs) pretty bad about him tonight too but I'm just saying if you see that if you see him on a game you know you're gonna there's gonna be more stuff that goes on and it's gonna be it's gonna be a harder uh road to hoe for the Trey Youngs of the world um, and look, it's a harder road to hoe when you've got a friggin' seven foot condor guarding you too, and Thibault, who's got a fifty fifty foot wingspan.
0: How many mm-hmm. uh, Scott Foster fans do you think listen to the pod? They got like a Scott Foster I don't, f- I number. Don't, number I don't think there's a Jersey. Scott. No,
1: I, it, Scott <laughs> Foster is one of those guys that, like, you bring up his name, and no matter what team it is the fans are like,
0: oh, no. Yeah, Scott Foster. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's just that guy. Yeah, right? It's like both both teams say, oh, no. When yes. it's announced Scott Foster. Oh, no, because <laughs>
1: you just figure you're getting screwed somehow, yeah. right, in the game. <laughs> the, the, he has no fans. I, I there, I he has a, he had, you know what? There's probably going to be some guy. Some guy on Twitter, look, you guys. Uh, Scott Foster's
0: you, burner, maybe.
1: Yeah, well, no. You've got a uh, – there's somebody out there that's like, um, you know, Benny6458912. So, somebody out there, since you obviously don't care about your Twitter names anyway, become like Scott Foster fan. <laughs> and just, like, preach the gospel of Scott Foster and how awesome he is and start commenting on the calls and, like, how well, the, the, great I think job the, he did tonight. the
0: at NBA official ref kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. already <laughs> handles that, Chris.
1: But, <laughs> getting, well, back. Hey, Well, then change their name to Scott Foster fan. <laughs> well,
0: get, getting back to the basketball, Matisse Steibel yeah. had two plays that come to mind. In the first half, he had that block that was called a foul. Right. Uh, and then in the second half, he had a legit block on a Trey young floater. Mm -hmm. I looked up on second spectrum, uh, tonight after that play happened, Trey young's attempt that I believe the number was 255 floaters. This regular season, only 15 of them were blocked only 15 out of 255. That's a low number. That's a really low number. And for Matisse, the a guy who blocks more jump shots than anybody else in the NBA, this season, by far, by far. I wonder if he learned something on film, to get ready for that Trey Young floater. And I'm excited to see the way that the Atlanta Hawks do adapt here because I'll tell you what, Chris, even though Shake Milton went crazy like with that shot at the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, I thought Atlanta did a pretty good job taking punches throughout the game. They might lose this series in five. Like, who knows? I don't know how the rest of the series will unfold, but I'm impressed with their resolve and their ability to punch
1: back. They also bring a lot more firepower off that bench. I mean, yeah, Shade Milton showed up in that second half, but the first half, the bench outscored uh, the Hawks' bench outscored the Sixers thirty-two to zero. Yeah,
0: zero. Pretty wild. Pretty wild.
1: I mean, zero, bro. I don't have one guy I brought in the game that gets me a bucket mm. <laughs> in the whole half. I mean, that's crazy. And so, uh, one of the things I think about when when I'm looking at these games is okay. Like, even when we were just talking about Utah and you were like, hey, they're, they're probably not going to shoot 17 for 50. It's probably going to be a little higher than that. But I don't know. If you shoot that many, it's hard to hit. a uh, super high volume. Um, who knows if Mitchell, if he's able to replicate it, we're talking super duper star status. And I thought Kawhi can be much better. George can be much better. When we're talking about this series, like, I think what Embiid does is just going to be replicated. Over and over again, mm. right? And so now it's like, all right, what about Trey? Are there is there a figuring out process that he's gonna go through? Because you remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking on the show, and you were talk, you were you were uh, you were saying, look, Devin Booker's got to do this in this the three and this, pointers, right?
0: Three pointers off the yeah. double. yeah. And then, then he started doing it.
1: <laughs> he started doing it, mm-hmm. right? Like I mean, the the ones. The, the the really good ones, and sometimes it takes a little bit longer for guys, and you may just have to take your lumps a whole playoff series before you get to come back the next year and do better, like Donovan did. Trey, within this series, I mean, he has to be the man. He's been the man for them all year long, right? It kind of makes the thing go, because you are not, when we talk about replicate, you ain't getting that Gallinari herder heater that they were both on that's what kept them in that because those guys were just shooting absolute fireballs simultaneously oh yeah and it's 21 like, uh, points
0: for gallo 20 <laughs> points for herder off the bench
1: well and, and i don't think herder missed a shot until his what seventh shot yeah i think he was like six that. for six to start mm-hmm. i mean i was going through my box of common cards looking for herder rookies <laughs> i by the way red velvet is an amazing nickname it is we've talked about nicknames and the need for like really good ones that's a great one red velvet um
0: i believe I, I i gave a kevin hurd a rookie card to danny chow one is that time true as a like a birthday present if i remember correctly this was years ago when Maybe he was at still the got Ritter. it yeah no <laughs> i Maybe think it was when it. was actually a rookie <laughs> yeah but when we're talking about like what can be replicated
1: you know it's It's hard to know regarding, you know, there's there's nobody outside of those two off the bench that were really great for Atlanta. And I do think a lot of that has to do with how good can Trey be? Can he be the guy that just commands so much attention and can collapse a defense Um, like we just saw with Donovan? He's just constantly collapsing a defense and. You've got to be able to, you know, come off of screens and be a big problem. And so what are the chances? Is he going to be a big problem? Because that's it started in the second half of game one. What do you have, 25 in the first half and 10, I think, in the second half? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we're 6 for 16 tonight with him. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's going to figure out I mean, how to be 30-point <laughs> Trey.
0: Listen, I don't think it matters if you're getting this version of Joel Embiid. You know, the reason mm-hmm. why the door was so. open for Atlanta was because the possibility of Embiid missing time or being limited. And I think after that game won, Atlanta won, on the Sunday night Ringer NBA show podcast that J. Kyle Mann are going to be doing every week of the playoffs, um, him and I talked about, you know, Atlanta, they're going to make this more competitive than we expected, and I still stand by that. I think Atlanta can have better games and will have better games. But in the end, if Embiid stays healthy and you're getting this version of Joel Embiid, the Sixers are going to win the series. It's just a matter of how many games it happens in and in what form it happens in. Because Embiid, there's a good reason why he was at one point considered the MVP by many, many people. And he only ended up with one vote, but that's because he got hurt. He is an MVP caliber player, and at times he is the best player in the world yeah. at times when he's on it's hard to stop that guy on the offensive end of the floor oh, it's also hard to tell score against him hard to score hey like, did you see that possession i think it was like a minute or two into the game he got switched onto trey young in like the right corner and yes. just slid with him laterally launched himself side to side to stay with trey that's when i was like oh the sixers are locked in Tonight on defense when Embiid is moving like that. Uh he looked completely healthy if we didn't you, know about that I, injury, Chris. You if know what I know? loved?
1: <laughs> I loved when uh when Capella caught that one and dunked it on his head, and they came right down the court and he was like, Gimme the damn ball. Oh yeah. He bullies Capella out of the way and just dunked on everybody. And I was like, Oh my that god. That was great. That was that was like some sha- old school Shaq stuff. Mm. Seriously. Yeah, like he's got that in him. Yeah, like you, you're too little. Get off me! And like where he used his size to just punish a guy. And I mean, when you can make Capella just fly, <laughs> I mean, you have got you're big. Got, you're a strong dude. How about this, Kev? You know how we've we've talked about like, hey, will Kawhi get on a Donovan Mitchell? Why doesn't LeBron go guard a uh, Devin Booker? Why don't we have this and this and this? Uh, and. And a lot of it's like, oh, well, they save it for offense. They want to conserve for offense, right? How about this one? fifty seven minutes combined. five field goal attempts for Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel. They do not have to mm-hmm. conserve for the offensive end.
0: They save it for you have It's the opposite. <laughs> fifty
1: seven combined minutes. And between the two of them, they shot the ball five times for a team that scored 118 points. That's outrageous. It's really the polar opposite. Like, hey, we'll, we'll use ourselves up on the defensive end. We don't need to. I mean, can you imagine a player going out there? Like, I mean, Ben Simmons has been like all NBA caliber. Uh, you know, these last couple of years where he's getting votes and and making this team like he did last year. And it's like
0: someone, (laughs) one person gave him a MVP vote on the ballot today. (laughs) But, hey, (laughs) can you, can you fathom three shots,
1: three, three Mm. shots in the entire game? Like, there is no player. I can't think of any player that good that would have three field goal attempts. And be fine with it. This is why
0: why you need to look beyond the box score, why the game's about more than scoring. Ben Simmons had four points, seven assists, three rebounds, two steals, one block, and those are low numbers, and you're like, wow, he had a great game. He didn't have a great game because of the way he defended Trey. Because, well,
1: look, as a longtime fan of defenders, I am 100% on your side. I used to always argue, I don't care what the guy scores. What did he... How about we do this? How about we add the average that he kept his his uh, whoever he guarded under, and we add that to his points per game. So all of a sudden, you'll think it's something great. So on Trey's behalf, let's take the fourteen and we'll just add it to Ben's. Now, now did he have a great game? Right, because he did. He stopped him from being the guy for Atlanta. Um, you know, there's. There's no answer for Embiid. And I do think that that is the, the – I think that's the thing that can be replicated. And I felt like when they got done with the Danny Green madness, that that was kind of like the, okay, we've unlocked this. They're just way better than the Hawks. They're way better. They proved it all year long that they were the better team than the Hawks, right? Yeah. And so – and they're, they're full strength right it's not like Utah they proved they were better all year long than the clippers but they proved they were better all year long with the clippers with mike conley right i don't i don't think they're winning 52 games for, uh, without mike conley but for philly's sake they got their guys
0: do you think other. um do you think philly could beat the nets up to two oh now on the bucks like what's your confidence that if they advance past the hawks they could beat the nets i think that it is I think it is possible,
1: again, because of the Embiid thing.
0: It's so hard I, to stop him at the singular force of Embiid. They don't have
1: anything for that. Yeah. that's still the thing they don't have anything for, right? So could he be amazing in that series? I do think. Like is, could I envision a world where he actually was the best player in that series? I, there's, there's very few. That it's, you hard, could,
0: it's, it's hard to say yes over Kevin Durant right now, but it is Joel Embiid.
1: No, and I would, I would not tell you that, that that's what I would expect to happen. I'm saying it could. Oh, yeah. He's that good. The Durant thing, as we move to that one, come on, Kev. This, is, this It's really video game stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, both ends of the floor, too. Like, like, like it's, and not, I know that... it's not just the scoring. No. It's also the defense, like him battling on the post with Brooke Lopez and dropping in the pick and roll, coming over and help coverage and blocking Drew Holiday. Like, it's amazing. Both ends I... of the floor. It's extraordinary.
1: Look, it is. It is extraordinary that Brooke Lopez cannot score on him. <laughs> you could throw Brooke Lopez the ball 50 times, and I think he might score four it was, he bought the damn ball off his mouth. Like, it's like, bro, what, what, I don't understand the point of Brooke Lopez. I really don't well, in that's, this. It's so frustrating. I really don't. It's, it's frustrating. like, okay, are you playing for size? Cause you're, you're not using the size, right? Like you're allowing them to play Kevin Durant on you. That's who's guarding you, right? So, okay. So that gives me no advantage on the offensive end. And on the defensive end, all they do is hit jump shots. <laughs> they don't need to go to the friggin' basket. So you standing in front of it, the only thing you stand in front of the basket does is you get an amazing view to all of these swishes, and you have to keep on dodging it so it doesn't hit you in the head. It's the damnedest thing. It's like, oh, okay, you want to you wanna play drop coverage? All right, how about this? We'll just shoot. And Kevin Durant, I read this morning, 90% of his three-pointers in the playoffs are contested. 90%. He is shooting 50% on them. And he is shooting 50%. Like, you know the 50-40-90 club? His playoff splits are 55-50-91. What in the F is that? (laughs) Say those again? (laughs) 55-50-91. That's playoff splits. 32.7 <laughs> rebounds.
0: Wow. What are you supposed to do? Uh, what cry. Are you- cry, I think. Cry. I think that's the actual answer. Yeah. Cry. Just cry. cry. Yeah. You're down 2 0. I mean, what else are you supposed to do?
1: Well, look, I. Uh, Make
0: adjustments is one thing, but we know Bud's not going to do that, so just cry.
1: This is the only. Look, with Durant, once he gets the ball, you're in big trouble. The best thing you can do is ball denial and try to not let him get the ball. Now, obviously, that can be fixed with him just dribbling it up himself. But it's that first just jumping it, jumping the lane when they're trying to get to it. And you got to gamble a little bit because, honestly, once he gets it, I mean, look, if he's shooting 90% of his threes contested, but he still makes over half of them, (laughs) what the hell? I mean. What's the point? Uh, you know, here's the tough
0: part. <laughs> I don't know what the answers are. I don't know what the answers are for the Bucks because, on one hand,
1: oh well, uh, number one is get your head out of your ass. Well, That's well, number one.
0: Well, on on like I I say like half jokingly, Bud's not going to make adjustments, but. Like, let's say, let's say they put Giannis at the five and Tucker at the four and use that a heck of a lot more than they have in the first two games. I believe they did it for a total of, I think, like five minutes total, and it wasn't great when they did it. But let's say you do that and you go to a switching defense. Well, we've already seen Giannis get shredded a couple of times, especially yep. in that game, too. Well, you know, they really went at him at times, and KD was able to create his own shot because he's Kevin Durant. So if you go to a switching defense, that means you might be switching like Pat Connaughton or Bryn Forbes onto Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. You might be doing that. And if you do that, you might be losing any potential advantage you'd have on offense like you did in the first quarter of Game 1 when you were attacking the offensive boards. They had a 42 offensive rebounding percentage in the first quarter of Game 1. Ever since then, Brooklyn's done a great job gang rebounding, a much better job on defense, period. So but you take that take away that advantage. So it's like this constant push pull between what you want to do and what your priorities are if you're the Bucks. And there's always something that goes wrong if you try one thing. And I, I don't know what the real solution is here. I'd love to see them go for, you know, a smaller lineup with Giannis at the five and Tucker at the four with a lot of switching on defense for an extended period of time i'd like to see it for like a long stretch see how it goes no more short bursts see what happens maybe even start a game like that yeah. I, I just think you gotta well, switch something up and see how it works it could work
1: i'm gonna give them game three you no uh, no 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 i'm not saying to win it i'm saying before i really make uh, there's a couple of things they have played like absolute shit Middleton should have. be better.
0: Middleton should be much better. I mean, they, they've just,
1: they've played terribly. They mm. really have. It has been a combination of the Nets shooting out of their minds. Like it's one thing to get the shots; it's another thing to make them. I talk about it all the time, but they have shot unbelievably contested and uncontested, it doesn't matter. And you mean like Blake
0: Griffins of the world? Everybody. No, not, not just KD and Kyrie.
1: Yeah, not just those two. I mean, because look, KD had 32 points last night. Okay. I—if Honestly, Kevin, if you told me, if I'm the Bucks, sign up for KD having 32, I'd sign up for it. I, a, hundred, a hundred times out of a hundred, I'd sign up for it. Okay, we'll take it he's got 32 like that's best case scenario to me right i mean al he averages 30 so 32 <laughs> i'll take it okay but they've shot awfully awfully like not not even close to what they sh- have shot over the course of a much bigger sample size okay is, is that
0: partially because of what brooklyn is doing though because i feel like milwaukee is pressing they're taking a lot of rush shots early yeah. in the clock oh, they, they're not moving the ball around they as just much haven't stuff. even I, been themselves at all they, they've no. lost their identity it seems right. like
1: yes they have and can you get that back can Giannis be the best guy on the court and the answer is yes right and he wasn't even close to that like th- th- some of the stuff is not that hard to fix Kevin you know how about you get next to the basket or drive to the basket rather than walking into these freaking three pointers? It's yeah, what's like, he what doing? A,
0: even even ninety-seven outrageous. year old Marv Albert, ninety-seven years old, he's like, "What's going on here?" He doesn't he's, even he's, understand
1: he's, it. When Marv <laughs> is perplexed, yeah, not, that's what you really. I mean, he had he had a tough time logging in to be able to call the game, <laughs> and if, so if he's freaked out no disrespect to marv albert i mean i mean I'm it's, just it's an age
0: thing i mean even you, have, he you have a hard time all That's the right. time logging into the I zoom said, chris
1: i have to go down to my father's <laughs> house three times a month to yeah. fix his apple tv oh yeah you know? of course and it's, ma- only, and, it's generational and, and marv is his senior but even <laughs> marv sat there and he's like oh wow it, it's, funny because it, it's funny outrageous
0: it's funny because like it's not often you hear the play-by-play guy take yes. a shot <laughs> it's, it almost comes as a shock well when the and, play-by-play guy is doing it and there's a couple <laughs> other things
1: they've got to figure out what they want to do rotation wise I know we goof on but the Brook Lopez thing it's he has no place in this series I'm sorry he just doesn't
0: do, Un- does he does he if you are creating Unless, chances for offensive boards because I, yes. I don't feel like they're not getting enough Shots at the rim. Like, we saw this with Utah tonight. They got a lot of shots at the rim. There was one in the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. Mitchell kind of sidestepped into the lane, threw up a little runner. Gobert was there for a tip out or an offensive board to draw a foul. The Bucks are just not getting to the yeah. basket with any consistency. And if you do get to the basket with Giannis or Middleton or Holiday, Brooke Lopez can be there to clean up or tip well- it out. So and I think what, I think there's value for him, no, Chris. No, no. It's just that, we haven't seen it since the first quarter yes, of game well, one.
1: And then there was parts of game one, yeah. But no, 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 no. no. Uh, okay, let me correct myself. There is a place for him if you do honestly what I think you should do, which is play big
0: and play big. Oh, so you're saying the opposite of me? You're no, saying go big, not Giannis I, of the five. I'm saying not Tucker no. At the four.
1: I'm saying if you're gonna do it, you can't match up small with them. Yeah you right. You can't match up small with them. But if you're going to be big, like I respect the fact that like Quinn Snyder, even if things aren't going that great with Gobert, like obviously they're trying to play him off by going smaller later in that game. Not going to work. But guess what? He got the huge offensive rebound that they needed because he's the bigger guy. But if Brook Lopez ain't going to play big, if Kevin Durant can block every shot you take and you're taking fadeaways, like if you're going to be big, then be big. And Giannis going to the basket, you guys playing volleyball with it if we miss it. Like expose them for not being big, right? Because that's the thing. You can't let them get away with, it, it, you got to make it to where this guy wants to put DeAndre Jordan in the game or something, right? Just somebody with some size. You're right. But, but if you're going to make, if you're going to let him play KD at the five, good luck, man. Cause now what now? Wait, we're going to play him in a track meet. We're going to play him in a one-on-one game. Then you're dead. Like No, you're dead. you're dead. You're dead, dead. And, they, and I will say this defensively. Sometimes it's not about the individual players, as much as it is the drop off from, like whatever I got to replace him with. And that's where the DiVincenzo thing matters. Huge. Huge. Because the drop off is to, like you were saying, Kev, is to a guy that has a friggin' target on his back. Yeah. There ain't nobody there playing. Teague, Forbes, Connaughton, you name it. Every one of them has got a target on him, whereas DiVincenzo, he ain't got a target on him in the Rock same solid. way. Rock solid. Yeah, yes. solid
0: defender. And I mean, he, a, he'd probably still be the guy that you attack, but he's not a weak link.
1: No, and he'll make plays. You know what I mean? And he was actually very good against Brooklyn in yeah. that game, that epic game, at the end of the year. Um, I just, uh, you know, now... You don't want to look, Nash is – that's what they're doing. They are seeking out this stuff. And, like, whatever your weak link is, we are going to seek it out and we are going to blast you with it. And then they just got the damn bucks so rattled that they're trying to make 10-point shots. And there is no – right? That's For why sure. you see Giannis going up jacking some crap. And Middleton's been horrendous. Just horrendous,
0: truly horrible, truly horrendous. I mean, he's he's legitimately getting outplayed by Mike James.
1: Yeah, and it's like says a lot. It's like, yo, are we gonna like? Giannis has got to be amazing for them. And the other thing is, they've got to play as a collective. They have, they they let that thing turn into the okay, you guys are individually spectacular. Well, I'll be individually spectacular. And it's like, that's not your game. There's not anybody on that team. This was my complaint on the Middleton front, which is like Giannis should be able to, I could just throw him the ball and go get me a bucket, but he's now scared to go to the free throw line. And it's like the other guys, they're not a team of I throw it to you, go get me a bucket. And the other team probably has what? two of the three or four best guys in the world at that and then they've got another one that's on the damn bench that might be the best of the three of them at just a go get me a bucket guys and it's like and and I'll be damned if they don't pass the ball they pass the ball like crazy
0: the Dude, nets the, do the, the Net, it's the nets unbelievable it is it's it's gorgeous it's it really is it's truly unbelievable like, like they they can toggle between ice heavy iso ball With beautiful ball movement, like Spursian style, like Nash, seven seconds or less, Suns style. Like you can see the influence there, and it is gorgeous to watch. And I think that's a real credit to the way in which this roster was constructed. A guy like Bruce Brown, who until this season plays point guard, point guard, and now he's screening and short rolling, and he's picking apart defense, and he's scoring at the rim off of rolls. It's the unselfishness of, like, the Joe Harris's and the Landry Shamit's cutting and moving off ball. It's Blake Griffin adapting and embracing being a role player. Everybody on this roster, including Kyrie and KD, with their high IQs and their ability to move with and without the ball and find the open guy, it's remarkable. And, like, that's the tough part about this team. If you're getting them into an ISO, you're dead. If you're you're getting them into a pick and roll – you're dead if they're able to whip the ball around the floor you're dead like there's no answers for this Nets offense you you have to like it's such a cliche thing to say you have to outscore them on offense you have to get rolling so for the Bucks Giannis step up Be big time. Be the size player you are. Be tough. Try to attack the rim. Draw fouls. Create offensive rebound opportunities. Because if you're taking these pull-up threes and these pull-up mid-range jumpers, Steve Nash might have his arms folded on the sideline the entire game or his hands in his pocket, but he is smiling very big cheek to cheek Yeah. when you take a jump shot if the opposing coach is smiling if he's cheesing when you take a jumper you probably shouldn't do that so well, for Giannis you got to change the way you're playing mid-series right here in addition to all the other stuff we've talked about
1: and Kev like the, that is the thing about Brooklyn that is that is the scariest Um, and this even goes back to your original question about the Philly thing they're not dependent upon one guy no being amazing and so many of these other teams are philly is atlanta is if conley doesn't Den- come denver, back denver up if conley doesn't come back utah will be dependent you're not going to be winning games sure. without a good donovan and denver totally we just saw portland eliminated as soon as You know, the Lillard thing ran out in that game seven, in the second half of that game seven, after he put up the 55 the Mm -hmm. day before Um, Luca, you know, it's like, okay, fine. He's got a million points, but nobody else is doing anything. Right. And it's like, that's the scary thing about the nets is like, and and the same goes with the bucks. They win it unless Giannis is off the charts. Great. And then everybody plays off of that. Well, right, yeah, they they need Middleton.
0: They, they they need to have every night Middleton or Holiday to have a great game. And yeah. if both do, maybe you win the game. But like, you got to have at least one of them going off.
1: That's right. And and Giannis has to be like all world caliber. He just does. And that will be true with Philly. Trust me. If Joel Embiid is putting up uh, eighteen and eight, they ain't winning anything. It's it all revolves around the one guy. That's not so with the Nets. I could see them winning a game where Kevin Durant has 17 points. It, I know that sounds insane, but I really could. Like, they play as a team. Freaking, the Blake Griffin thing is just, I mean, I did the, the one he caught off the rim— <laughs> And they were like, "Oh, those old legs can still get up." I'm like, "For God's sakes, he's 32. Old what a, what, legs. He's 32.
0: What a long con, huh?"
1: He could have jumped off a damn. He could have jumped over
0: the damn Kia again.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. He did the dunk. God, on that's ago. I'm like, hilarious. "Oh my God, this is crazy." It the really,
0: springs. Doesn't it show the power of effort? Like like yes. the the when he was diving on the floor, he had one in game one and then another one in game two, just diving on the floor to grab a loose ball. The springs on his legs to react that quickly. It's unbelievable. I mean, I mean, I know like it understandably pisses off a lot of Pistons fans, especially, but it's really fun to watch Blake Griffin play in, with this Nets team. It's so fun to watch Blake play. It's the same way that I'm glad Carmelo got an opportunity with Portland. Yep. I'm glad to see these older players in situations they can still be impactful. It's yeah. just great to see Blake Griffin produce at a high level. Well, um, I love it. I, and I, I really will, do.
1: I will say, look, and this is just the old timey, do you believe in defense? Do you believe in offense? That's the Philly Nets thing. If we if if, if it we see play that, out yeah. that way. Because it's like, all right, if Simmons, if you can throw him. You know, when you've got a couple guys like that, and you can decide what you want to do with Simmons, and this is if you can't get Harden back. Now I still do think that Philly could be a big problem for them defensively, and they can punish you for being small. And that's what I'm saying with Milwaukee. Like, then just commit to that and decide. But if you want to try to play small ball with them, you don't have the dynamic offensive players to do that you've got to you, you, you you've you got to win the hustle you've got to win the offensive rebounds you've got to win going to the free throw line points in the paint you gotta maul them at points in the paint like maul them you know and it's like none of that shit happens none you know of one, it you know they one hustle thing more
0: you know one thing i want to see milwaukee try out more And I'm doubtful they'll change this mid-series, but we'll see. Using Giannis more as a screener, they do it 14.5 times per game, according to the second spectrum in this series against the Nets. In the entire playoffs, just a couple of players who have set more pick and roll screens per game than Giannis: Dwayne Dedman, (laughs) Nick Batum, (laughs) Brooke Lopez, Jaron Jackson Jr., Andre Drummond. Zubats, and then you're getting to some of the more obvious names, Aiton, Capella, Adebayo, Nurkic, and so on and so forth. But, I mean, like, Dwayne Dedman should not be averaging more on-ball screens per game mm. than Giannis Antetokounmpo. He just shouldn't be. So even if the Nets are switching that pick-and-roll action with Holiday or Middleton as the ball handler and Giannis as the screener, if you're switching that, it could lead to a major advantage in the favor of Giannis on a post-up or an ISO from the elbow attacking the basket. Like just use their switching against yeah. them. Try it out. And like, you just, that's what I mean when I say, I'm not sure what the solutions are. I'm not sure what the solutions are that stick to what they typically do. It needs to be something outside of the box that they don't ordinarily oh. do. Like, like we just said, running more on ball screens with Giannis as the pick and roll screener. I just, I, I'd be Disappointed if we don't see it, because well, de- what do you, what do you have Drew Holiday for?
1: What do you have him for? He can create, man. Well, the other thing is this: why the hell does he dribble the ball up the floor?
0: Giannis, <laughs> what? I mean, what? It's I unnecessary. Have- like Giannis as an initiator, look, Giannis as an initiator can work. I don't think you should take that away from him. He it can work against a lot of teams. Against this Nets team, use him as an as a finisher. That's what he needs to be against this Nets squad. And the fact that they're continuing to use him as an initiator through Game 2, I look forward to Game 3 to seeing if that changes. I, I would hope for the Bucks it does, and if it doesn't, I'd be very, very, very worried in that first quarter um, for how the rest of the game might go and the series. Well, and the other thing, Kev, is this. The problem is on this whole switching
1: thing, it's like with, with Giannis, it's kind of like Durant. There's not a great matchup for him, no matter who you switch on to him. The problem is... Like, when you're trying to attack that, it's like, okay, uh, I don't really feel that way about Holiday, and I don't feel that way about Middleton. You know, that's where this kind of falls apart a little bit, where it's like, okay, we're going to attack this, right? And so you say, we're going to attack this, and we want to get this guy guarding Kawhi or this guy guarding Paul George or this guy guarding Donovan Mitchell or whatever, Giannis is really the only one that I'm trying to get to a advantageous matchup because I I don't think the other guys are going to torch out a matchup. You know what I'm saying?
0: Got to give yourself a chance. I think, and I mean, Middleton could have a hot. But game, like, who do I want? Holiday who am game. I? Who
1: am I trying to target to get to guard Drew Holiday so that Drew Holiday can go? Or
0: off. or, or it could be the other way around. It's who yeah. you want to guard Giannis. Yeah, I mean, we'll, no, well, that's I mean, all we'll, I'm saying. He's yeah. the
1: only one I'm trying to get the matchup yeah. for. Because the other guys, they can't. I mean, that's not their it's not their game. They gotta whip it around and they gotta you know, play as a team. Yeah, they, they can get back to the their more buckets. Ball movement, I'd say. Uh look, they screwed themselves. And that was just like I I'm I'm not I'm the Bucks, that was so embarrassing, man. Get your ass beat like that. You gotta win that game. Because yeah, you got to win, win four out of five games against Kevin Durant now. And no,
0: and no James Harden in the first two games, you're down 2-0. Oh, that's embarrassing. Well,
1: it's just like after you got beat in that game one, how do you come back in game two and get beat by 40? And it never got better. It went from like 22 and you're figuring, all right, they'll go on a 12-0 run. It'll be at 10 and at least it will get a little interesting maybe, you know, have a chance. They did that in game one. They got it to 10. And instead, it went from twenty-two to thirty-two to forty-two to fifty-two. <laughs> they just kept getting their ass beat, worse and worse and worse. I, mm-hmm. uh, they have been the biggest <clears throat> disappointment. No lie, big time.
0: I, I mean, I, a- after being, we like talked like that incredibly series up fun so after, much. I mean.
1: <laughs> we talked that series up so mm-hmm. much. Uh, all right, the nightcap. Um phoenix is able to win game one against denver we just talked about how much how important it is one guy right kind of it all revolves around him and how appropriate that you had just done the fawning deandre ayton video last week Mm. because he to me is the story of game one i know paul at 36 years old had the best game of a guy that age, you know, with the 20 plus points, 10 plus assists. Paul's obviously the engine that makes it go. But we talked a lot about like how's Ayton going to hold up Terrific. against Jokic? Uh, look, Kev, I wrote this down. He had 20 and 10, Jokic uh 22 and 9 when they were out there in the matchup minutes where they matched it up exactly for Ayton. He was only out there when Jokic was um Phoenix won those by 13 points. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Truly. And, you know, it's a big test. That's the MVP of the league. Sky has torched everybody in his wake. And Aiton held up as good as anybody has all year, you know? So you got to give him a lot of credit for that, for play, sure. Play, and,
0: cause, you know, with Aiton, he has the ingredients for it because he has the size in the strength, in the length, and he now has that mentality that he's developed too. But what he's always had is he's always been disciplined. Even at Arizona when Aiton got, you know, ripped for sometimes being out of position, he wasn't somebody who made stupid fouls. He didn't leap at pump fakes. He's always grounded. Or he can test shots, you know, using the rule of verticality at a high, high level. And against Jokic, a guy who's so tricky, uses subtle little fakes and movements yep. to try to draw a contact and get to the line or to just make a move, Aiton is solid. And I think you hear the way those guys talk about each other after the games. First of all, it's really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> just the amount of praise they heap on each other is pretty cool um, to hear. But like it, from Jokic to Aiton, it is well-deserved. It truly is, and I think this will be the series that people start talking about DeAndre Ayton much differently. There's still a little bit out there about like, oh, he's an average defender, you know, he's not a great defender. No, this guy, this all a season long for Phoenix, he's been a great defender. Well, and he this, has, and we're seeing it.
1: This is when we were talking earlier with, with regarding Mitchell, the intangible thing. This is the intangible thing that goes along with the adding, Monty Williams, Chris Paul, yes, Jay Crowder. All these guys, because I am one that if you want to tell me, hey, the only thing you got to worry about is the motor. Bad motor, I'm out. Questions about motor, I'm out. I don't I don't want any part of it. But this is a case study in a group of veterans and a coach that have gotten the absolute most out of it and have unlocked a kid that would have, you know, you, you could watch him and you could say he – those guys, to me, are the most frustrating. It's like, bro, you could be so unbelievable if you would crank up the intensity. If you would just play like that, you have these gifts from God that just others don't. Look, and and I went through this early in my career covering Rudy Gay. I'm like, you could be the best freaking player. You could be the best guy. Like Young Rudy was as. Talented as and, and could fly and everything. And it's like, why don't you go and grab an eighth rebound or eight rebounds ever? Like, go do it. Go go to the basket. Go and like just impose your will. You are so gifted. And it's like, you watch Aiden and it's like, they got that out of him. They do. He'll still have his moments, but you can tell that he's accountable to them. You know, and he plays like a much different guy than he ever has before. You know, for sure. And, and some of that's growing up, too.
0: To, to me, he's one of the stories of the season. And, and like it's because the story's not just about him. It's as you said, it's about Chris Paul. It's about Monty Williams. Yep. It's about Jay Crowder. It's about Devin Booker. It's about this entire team that is sticking together, playing for each other, motivating each other, embracing their own respective roles, and being stars within their roles, whatever it is, whether you're a spot-up shooter like Cam Johnson playing hard on defense, you're DeAndre Ayton running the floor, getting ahead of the defense to try to bring people in to open up those shooters outside or playing hard on defense and communicating, or you're the bucket getter or the shot creator like Chris Paul or Devin Booker. Across the roster, this team has all embraced their roles, and I, I think the one thing that sticks with me from that game one was in that crazy third quarter and fourth quarter, just how loud the crowd was. Yeah, I, I mean, I know we've had some issues with fans in the first round and all that, but, you know, when when the fans are acting appropriate and are just there to have a good time, boy, is it sweet to have people back in crowds, man. Like, that Sun's, that Suns crowd that night and Suns fans in general, they could not be rewarded with a better team, a more fun team to root yeah. for after 10 years of missing the playoffs. Like, we're seeing – I think a lot of the teams in the NBA right now that are still out there, Phoenix and Utah and Denver and the West, all three of them especially, and the Clippers with certain lineups, but especially Utah and Phoenix, the fit is just elite. Like The pieces just fit together, Chris, don't they? Yeah. It's so fun to watch when they're clicking.
1: And I, I teed you up to fawn over your son's. And you got your moment, Kevin. I did. But now is the time Uh-oh. where you need to talk to me about trying to fight me over Monty Morris and Austin Rivers. <laughs> because they played last night too, Kev. Yeah, they did. And Monty when I told Morris. you they're not good ten. enough, when I told you they're not good enough, you bring in, in the words of Matt Barnes, the great oracle, <laughs> Matt Barnes, it's like bringing a spoon to a gunfight. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he once said... It's just it's like it's a cool story, and the Portland sucks on defense. But like now, it's time to now it's time to play against Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and it's like all and right. Cameron Pan. You need
0: you need Jamal Murray and Torrey. You Craig. need uh, you need you need Will Barton and Darius you, Arch. I'm I'm need, just I'm just listing I, <laughs> some sons' names and aren't big big time names either. Well, just no, saying? No, <laughs> you need
1: you need guys. When you're going up, when the competition gets to this level, right? You need the guys
0: you should have:
1: Will Barton and Jamal Murray, oh, yeah. and no, like, Chris, you know your starters,
0: no. No, right? No, ki- no kidding. You'd rather have those guys, but yeah. I, no, but you were saying I, I, you're I not mean,
1: giving enough credit to Monty Morris. I, I really, I, mean, d- I really don't. Well, I mean, Monty Morris would he would have started games if he was, you know, what w- w- we're pretending he is, mm. um, which is not what you, look. Portland is fantasy land. That was real stuff last night when you're playing against when you're playing against the Suns. And look, Terry Stotts is he doesn't have his job anymore. No, he doesn't. After after what happened, what what
0: was uh, what was with those Neil O'Shea comments that I saw coming across Twitter saying it it wasn't because the roster that our defense was bad and all that. I I I texted with a couple of executives about that, and they're like. Boy, it sure makes that head coaching job appealing when the GM is throwing the coach under the bus, saying it was it wasn't about the roster. That's the. So I mean, it's like he's
1: reciting the conversation he had with the owner.
0: Pretty much, yeah. No, I mean, I, mean I, I was thinking about this, Chris. Like, I'm sure he was just selling like his side of things. I mean, it's pretty obvious part of it was the roster, right? You're 29th ranked in defense. That's not all coaching. You know, you don't have a short roll option in the pick and roll for Dame like Draymond does with Stephen Curry or Bruce Brown, for that matter, with the Nets and so forth. You know, there's a lot of situations where guys have a short roller. There's a lot of missing pieces in that Portland roster. But what I was thinking about was this, Chris. If you're Neil O'Shea, let's say you're buying what you're selling. Let's say you really believe that it wasn't the roster. If you're Neil O'Shea, what do you think could have been done differently? Is it like playing Nasir Little more often? A a big, rangy, young wing defender? Is it playing Derek Jones more often, who they gave the mid-level to? <laughs> Maybe, I, I, want, I would love to know, like, if he buys what he's selling, what does he think could have been different with the roster? I wonder. He could have
1: rolled uh, uh, Zach Collins out in his
0: wheelchair oh, and God. sit in front of the basket. Uh, I hope Zach Collins can get back play and play healthy. He hasn't been able to. Be out there, man. Look,
1: I I think Yusef Nurkic is a very good player. Not a great one. But if when I remove Yusef Nurkic, I give up five hundred points
0: per one hundred possessions. Who 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 signed? <laughs> what do I, what, am I, what am I doing here? Was that Stots who signed in? Oh no, it wasn't Stots who signed in as It no. wasn't Stotts. No.
1: No. No. Derrick Jones was very useful in the playoffs, remember? Yeah. That was a big free agent thing too. Mm and robert covington and it's just weird. norm powell it's, it's no, just it's, weird
0: like i i hope for blazers fans he was just selling bs to the media which like understandably so that's, no, that's your job save your job comment I know. right i Look. i get it but i like i i hope i hope it's a lie if you're a blazers fan you hope that he looks yes. at the roster and it's like we have a lot of work to do that's yes. what you actually hope is the case
1: yes um all right so we, we, we haven't made any grand statements about what we think obviously Bucks are completely up against it, but I'm willing to let that play out for three. I do not. It's think over. Denver, Nets are I, I, I do not think Denver has enough um, to be able Phoenix, to match Sun,
0: Suns and six with I Phoenix.
1: Um, Utah Clips, I, I think very likely going to go seven games. I do. Wouldn't and shock then me. I do think Philly. You know, unless they got great Trey, I just think they're just, they're a lot better than Philly or than Atlanta. They have been all year. I don't know. I could see Atlanta getting one of the home games, so maybe we have to have a Game Six in that Wouldn't series. Wouldn't shock me. No. But would shock me. Yeah, but I think one is clearly better than the other. Yeah. A um, couple of things we do need to comment on. Uh, the MVP got awarded. We've talked all season about Jokic. Oh, yeah. Obviously, both of us in favor of this. Um, I don't remember what you said. Was it? Is that? Was that the exact order you had? Jokic, Embiid, Curry. Was Curry 3 on yours? Uh,
0: I forget off the top of well, my hell, head. Well, hell, the world's
1: going to be, honestly, gonna be yeah. able to see your votes <laughs> yeah, soon you know soon I mean? Whenever that ballot's released. Jokic, Embiid, Curry. Uh that was the I had Jokic top three.
0: Embiid, Giannis, Curry, Luca. Giannis that was okay, my top three. 5. Giannis yeah. was
1: 3 and Curry was 4. Okay, yeah, so you're that's just That's yeah. Okay. Um it, it it was a cool what? 30 minutes to an hour of who the hell voted for Derrick Rose uh, yeah. until we, we found, found out, out it fans. was the fan vote yeah. or whatever. Yeah, That was hilarious because there was really that moment where it was like, bro, somebody really voted for Derrick
0: Rose. This well, is amazing. Well, it was it's the <laughs> fan vote, which is a hilarious troll. Um, but who voted for Russell Westbrook third? Who voted for Ben Simmons fourth? Oh, man. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Chris. I don't know. No idea. But don't know what's going on? No,
1: I mean, well, look. Once these guys get these MVP votes, I don't. I didn't even know you voted all the way to five. Yep, top five. Who was four and five? For or who was five? Because you had Curry,
0: it, Chris Luca? Paul, and I had Luca fifth. Chris Paul ended up getting fifth on the actual okay. vote. Yeah, I got you. The Nick Wright campaign worked to get him into the top five. <laughs> well, it's, his, it's probably his vote. <laughs> probably, yeah, his vote. Yeah, Chris it Paul got his, his two, first, two first place votes. Oh, we did. Made. Yeah, two two first place votes more than Giannis and more than Embiid. And Embiid got one first place vote. Very interesting. And Embiid got one first place one vote. First, I thought Embiid would get more first place votes. It probably, Steph got. It, it five. probably
1: has to be Brian Winhorst for that big argument he had a couple months ago, right? <laughs> He's probably like, "All right, I gotta vote him <laughs> since I since I made the huge argument for him. Was, now I need that to make that. No, I need to vote for him. Uh." Tom Thibodeau won Coach of the Year, and I know that this was came down to really him and Monty um, for close. Phoenix. You know, look, uh, this is this is a regular season award, and so I've, I made my case for Tibbs just because I think that I don't think anybody else could have done that, really, with that roster. I, I think you saw how badly that roster was exposed against Atlanta in the playoffs, and the fact that they won as many games as they did um, Playing, having as good a defense as they did for the majority of the season, really the whole season, and then playing hard over and over again. Um, And he got Randall, you know, to become an all NBA caliber player during the regular season. They were projected to win, just for point of reference, like 21, 22 games, if you bet on it. It was roughly around there. If you bet on it in Vegas, they ended up winning 41. I mean they're 20 games better than what Vegas pretty, put their number impressive. at. You know. And and Monty, I mean look, they were like 39 and a half and they won 51. So I mean that's still an unbelievable. I mean you shattered what expectations were from Las Vegas. Um but I just thought, you know, just just that the the fact that they were in they were in the playoffs as a top five seed, even if it was in the Eastern conference and won 41 games. I don't, I I would not have been mad if Monty Williams won that award. I I would not.
0: uh, I voted Monty Williams. I think they both did great jobs. I I believe he should have won. As we talked about weeks back at the time votes were cast. Um, but Tibbs winning is, is fair. He had a heck of a season. The Knicks coaching staff did that entire Knicks team did. Um, it was a close vote. It was 351 points for Tibbs, 340 points for Monty Williams. Very close. Monty actually had more first-place votes than Tibbs, 45 to 43. It was in the second-place votes that Tibbs outdid him, therefore won in points with 42 Mm. to 32. Ranked-choice voting, Um, it's a real thing. It should be implemented in uh, other uh, mediums as well besides sports. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. What, The Bachelor?
1: No. no, your no, favorite show Yeah, favorite Star- show. you know
0: the bat the bachelorette started again this week chris watching oh, today right? with my mom yeah oh. watched it together that <laughs> what's your review i mean it's just the first episode is she you, hot you meet, you meet the people katie was on the bachelor she, she's always she's a, bad, she's, right? she's a she's a pretty girl great she. personality great personality um, oh uh, great personality. personality
1: yeah well if she doesn't find love would you like to uh tell her that you're available we got um, a lot of people that we no, got a lot of people I, I, involved I in that. You know, I think there's
0: other former Bachelorettes on the show that I would be into more oh, yeah. personality-wise. But well, she's just, great. She's let's great. Let's just give I a heads up to love.
1: our uh, to our home girl Juliet Litman. Oh I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. She, Bachelor you know, Party, great yeah, pod. Yeah, you know they know them all too. They have them on the show and whatever they could put in a good <laughs> word for it. Tell them, hey, I know this guy. He's kind of like Dan Blazarian, except he talks about the NBA, right? No.
0: super muscular yeah has a bunch of yachts yachts yeah Yeah. plays poker in in, in Warzone. he plays a lot of he's in verdansk he's great great he jumps a lot from jumps from airplanes a lot he loves to skydive online yeah he loves adventure (laughs) loves to be spontaneous
1: all right well look we've got uh we got these series that are now going to be going on at least we still got basketball going on every night you know oh yeah Uh, for and i do think that we've got a chance to have pretty unbelievable eastern and western conference finals matchups and new blood right like we didn't Uh, what was it? It was yeah, it was Boston Miami (laughs) last year, right? And it was L.A. played Denver. Is that right? Wasn't that the finals? Who was the Who was the finals? I can't even remember. Conference finals. The West finals. Was it L.A. Denver? Denver? Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, we're gonna have four new ones, I think. Yes, sir. In the conference finals this year, because I don't think. Yeah, we are. Yeah, obviously. the three have already been eliminated. Denver's the last one standing. And I don't know. It didn't look so great for them we'll last say, night. Well, yeah, who knows?
0: You, you, can't, you can't count out Jokic, but that I game one played out very well for Phoenix and, and how it bodes well moving forward for them. Yep. It's going to do it for another episode of The Mismatch. We will
1: be back. We'll be recording on Thursday night, so check Friday morning yes. for your pod. J- it will just be there
0: for State you. our schedule thursday nights so you can listen late thursday or early friday and then every tuesday night we'll be recording so tuesday night or wednesday morning and also every sunday night i'll be recording a show with jay kyle man on the ringer nba show feed Um, so you can check that out as well um, for some more content that's on every every sunday night every sunday night with jay kyle man all right uh ladies and gentlemen thanks for downloading
1: another episode And uh, we will talk to you on Friday. Have a
0: fun week, everybody.